This is the Build Our Future podcast. We shape our buildings, and afterwards our buildings shape us. A window into the past, present, and future of the construction industry. There's still a lot of unlocked doors. Clarity with design, craftsmanship with the build. There's still a lot to find out and do and invent. Collaboration for our future. You know, I don't think it's the end of the invention. The Build Our Future podcast with Raul Faria. Let's build. Begins now. Welcome to another episode of the Build Our Future podcast. Today we have Heman Modi. He's the principal designer at Design PWG and also a very good friend and associate of mine. I've actually known Heman for the past few years and we've had some very engaging and captivating conversations. Heman, how you doing, buddy? It's been a while. Hey, Rahul. Good, man. Good to hear from you. Very happy to have you uh, on today to talk about something that's uh, gaining more steam in our industry, uh, this concept of spatial design. Before we get into that, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself, your journey? Sure. First of all, thank you, Rahul, for having me here. Uh, it's very interesting uh, what you're doing. So I'm really happy to be part of this whole uh, journey. Yeah, something about myself, as you said, him and Modi, I am an uh, interior design by education. I did uh, School of Interior Design back in India, five years course. Uh, uh, we are, I'm doing the practice since last 10 years in Canada and trying, we are practicing different aspects of design, I would say, not just interior design. So interior design, interior and exterior architecture design, um, visual branding, and of course, the fundamental is special design. And um, yeah, I mean, about myself, uh, I have a beautiful wife, two wonderful boys. Life is good, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I tell people, you know, we can we can always complain, but sometimes there's no point when we really take a step back and look around. Uh, things are not bad. Especially now, man, no complain at all. We are all healthy, happy. You can laugh, you know, that's more more than what we can ask for. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it. So Design TWG, tell me a little bit more about that. You mentioned it started about 10 years ago. I'm really curious where it started from, uh, what the original vision was, and how it's evolved over the years. So it's interesting what you're asking, you know, and I've been asked all the time, two questions. When did you start and what does it stand for? Yeah. So, I mean, I actually started back in India. It's almost now 25, uh, sorry, 20 years ago and uh, came here in Canada 2003. I worked with a lot of good design firm, you know, understanding the Canadian canvas of design and the context. And um, so TWG, TWG, what it stands for and that's what we believe in. So it's together we grow. And uh, that's what I always believe in that working in collaboration is a key to any successful design outcome. So when did this concept of spatial design first uh, started entering into your, your, your thought process? Because it's a fairly new concept, right? So, you know, yes and no both, I would say. It is a new concept as in for the awareness of people that people are not aware about this concept. It's, it is indirectly maybe practicing, but not as a fundamental of design. So I would just simply say, what is spatial design? You know, it's, it's a holistic approach. So if you compare with interior design and spatial, it involves all discipline of design. So it is not only interior design, it's interior, exterior, architectural, accessory design, 
the spaces around landscape and most importantly, people. You know, those, that is what something I think we're missing these days anyways, yeah? It's interesting. I love, uh, I love what you said. As you know, I'm a big believer in collaboration. And it sounds Absolutely. like this concept is, is a collaborative effort of multifaceted industries, pre-construction industries that are all kind of now working in unison together. I mean, they've always done it before, but I guess now they've put a name to it and had more of a focus on it. That's not true because, you know, designer as a perception is a, it's a very secluded entity. Yeah. Oh, I'm a designer or, or I'm have a higher design team or I have hired a designer. I think it's never an individual who's producing the design. So if I ever say Rahul, uh, and you are my, my proof that if I ever say that, Oh, I have designed this place. No, I mean, I'm, I'm lying. So because this is where it, it's the whole holistic approach, 360 degree approach comes in a spatial design. You know, it's, and and that's why I'm coming back to TWG, which is together we grow. You know, it's a collaborative approach. Yeah. So you had the, the idea originally, and I guess as the concept gained steam, it just kind of put it together, right? So how's that different? I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but how's that different from the way interior design was predominantly either viewed or done? Interesting. Very interesting. So see, interior space understanding is always in layers. You know, so of course, any space, any designer, architect, anybody wants to attempt to it, they want to make it unique. Yeah. But I say interior design always gone into layers. So layers of material, layers of uh, information, layers of finishes, uh, layers of the functional aspect. That's one aspect of spatial design. What spatial design is, you know, it is a holistic approach. So it's not only talking about the interior aspect of it, it's obviously interior and exterior aspect, but the user, end user also. So it is a definitely a context-based approach. You know, so it's a um, multi-sensory approach, let's put it this way. So multi-sensory means it's not only just, you know, a sense of a space which is taken care, but it's also the sense of user, sense of uh, all the stakeholders. You know, yeah. it's interesting. I think it might have actually started, now thinking about it, started on the residential side. You know, with spaces getting tighter and smaller because land is such a premium and the rise of the open concept style of, of residential homes, the flow and how people lived in the space, I think, was more important. You know, 20, 30 years, actually, maybe a little bit more than 20 years ago, you would have, you know, your living room and then a wall and then kitchen, then a wall, then your family room and a wall. Uh, now it's more free flowing. It's more, more open. So that kind of flow on, on themes and styles and how the individual living in that space is going to uh, live in that space. Uh, I think maybe that's where it started. And obviously they probably took that a little bit to office spaces with the rise of open offices now too, instead of all your. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting, you know, and I always think about it like you very well said 20 years back when you design, let's talk about the residential part. You know, when you design a residential space, you're talking about individual experiences where, oh, living room, this will happen, kitchen, this will happen, there's a separate dining area. Now, the spaces are smaller, you know, but the unique ability or unique thinking about it, people, it's not changed. You know, the spaces should not force to pe for people 
to think that, oh, I have to now live in a confined space. And that's exactly what is happening. So what happens is the, the, the modern families are smaller, smaller and smaller. The spaces are becoming smaller and smaller. That is why, you know, the community spaces, the public spaces are bigger or they have to be bigger. So when you enter in a condo, which is you are in a 400 square feet of a footprint, where, you know, a family of three or four are living, you know, I feel the breakout spaces should be nice, should be much bigger. That's where the social interaction should happen, of course, with the distance. <laughs> but it, it'll, it will get over with it. I'm, I'm pretty confident on that. But that is what I feel the spatial design does, that, you know, let's not focus only on the residential aspect of it. You know, what is the pattern of today's modern families living? You know, they need to go out. There should be a better park, better, bigger community centers, you know, bigger cafeterias where the, the family can get together. So this is where the fundamental of spatial design comes in the picture. So that is where it's not only you're thinking about the space, but it's also the cultural aspect of a of an end user, you know. So that's and then you said it very nice that about even offices. You know, I would say why to worry about higher square feet of a or a higher uh, rent of, of a space, that's why this office is becoming smaller. Let's think it different way. Why not working in a more socially friendly place, you know, so that people are think, uh, sitting together, you know, they are working together, they are interacting and sharing their life experiences and the, the, the outcome is becoming more amazing. So I see it's partial design was always there but that practice, it's now more essential. It's, it's, and that's what, what we do at Design TWG. We at TWG, we make sure that we understand the, all the nuances of the project, which is all the stakeholders, including the budget. And you know it very well, you know how, how we are very specific about that area. So I think if a good spatial design works out good, so that's why one of the mantra I feel is good design is good business. You mentioned you and your team focus on this. Um, have you found the some of your team that's just come out of college or university that that went to interior design for their degree? Do they have this concept in their mind, or are they just really technically very good, creatively very good, and this is a concept that you more have to guide them through, or is it something that they do offer in school? You know, I, I don't want to be very controversial in this to point any schools and all. But unfortunately, these days, design education is more about skills. You know, the thought process is, of course, I mean, humans are humans, you know, whatever I studied there, I mean, they are amazing. I must say the younger generation, their thinking ability is amazing. But the foundation is somewhere I feel it's, it's not as strengthened in terms of this design thinking. So their skill set is amazing. Their thought process is amazing. But you know how the information flows around, it's 20 second span. So that 20 second span does not give justice to spatial design. And, and that is what, what we have internally created a, a, a good manual, I would say, where it's kind of an onboarding manual where any new design team member comes on board. It's, they, they are exposed to that full detailed soul searching manual where what is that spatial design? Why are we working in this together we grow environment? And that's 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 kind of transformation we all needed when we started. 
or when we get on board. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've developed a, a form of guiding principles, shall we say. Are you open to sharing some of those guiding principles that you have? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's an open book system. Uh, I mean, I've we all have learned, we've all evolved, and I think it's an ever-evolving place, uh, space, you know. So, few guiding principles, I will be very specific. One is we have a 5D principle, which is D-like design. Uh, so, the 5D is, you know, first one is the discover. So, the discover part is, you know, we understand the subject area of the project. And which is soul searching, you know, and I always say that I, I don't want to be over spiritual aspect, but, you know, every space, whether it is uh, confined or bigger space. And, and that reminds me of my professor or my teacher, Professor Krishna Shastri, who founded our school and who founded our institute, the Prisker Prize winner, uh, Professor Dr. B. Doshi. He always said one very simple thing. A good space is where people feel Anand, Anand is the enjoyment, you know, and now imagine it's a, such a profound thing. So how do you find that, that you are happy in the space? If you don't invest as a, as a designer, if you don't invest for a discovery, you won't find that soul. So that's the most important thing yeah. that we have to discover the subject to know and understand it. Second is define. So we have to define our problem issues and opportunities. And in a today's world, of course, in a capitalist country and all over the world, the budget is extremely important. So the practical aspect of it, the space is better, good, can we fit in the budget? And third is design. Yeah. So we start weaving the solutions to create design ideas. So whatever we have discovered, we've kind of identified the soul of the final outcome we go through a rigorous process of problem identifying and where are the opportunities, I would say, more on our challenges, it's more opportunities. And then in design, we weave this solution to create design ideas. Fourth is important is what in-house is develop. So we develop distinct ideas, we structure them using different in-house developed softwares and we can talk about that later. And the fifth one is, of course, deploy. But deploy is very important. At, at TWG, see, we talked about the soul searching. Now, the soul is there. Soul has to feel. And whether it's you are the investor of the project, you want a return on investment. Yeah, You want to finish your project in time within the budget, more or less, and get the best of ROI, return on investment. So we at TWG, we are never give a design contract drawings to a client and say, you know, all the best. We are part of the process. We are part of the process where, and you know, you are the best uh, industry leader that you know how during the construction, what all problems we face. And that's why we have to work together again, TWG, you know, working in collaboration. And, you know, at the time of or a day of opening, we all are together and doing cheers. So, that is the soul searching, I feel, uh, where starting with the idea to the realization. So the 5D. And with, with all these things, you know, uh, Raul, I'll take one more minute on that, that what I feel, the mantra that I strongly believe is design for real world with substance. So design for real world is the practical aspect of it. You know, everybody has a budget, everybody has a timeline, everybody has to make money out of it. That's the real world. That's what we're talking about. I mean, 
but it has to be a substance. And that's where we at TWG, we put our, our what you call, ingredient into it to make this soul-searching exercise as a fulsome 360-degree approach. Very interesting. Like, I'm in the industry, so everything that you say makes perfect sense, right from, um, you know, the discovery phase to really, truly understand, as you put it, a client's soul is. But do you find any challenges in conveying the importance of your 5D process? Uh, because like you said, in the real world, if you explain to them what the 5D process is, what do they think of? Dollars, dollars, dollars. <laughs> That's a good one, man. <laughs> so so do, you, do you have a challenge uh, bridging that gap? And if so, how, how do you help them realize that this is something fundamental? It's not just a design. It's an extension of of what their concept is, but also who they are by extension. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I will never say that. I think we should do a 6D process, you know, D for dollar. <laughs> so, but it's very important. You know, the, this is where you know, working in collaboration. So I would just take a single, simple example. I I believe in a round table discussion, you know, so there is nothing across the table sitting. So if my client is sitting with me or investor is sitting with us, they are working, they are sitting in a round table. So there's no hierarchy, first of all. So we're working as a team. That's number one. We have also developed a sander process that once we decide to work together with a client, you know, there's a proper onboarding journey which is we, we have an internal detailed questionnaire where we will ask them, why do we want to do a space which we are intending to do? What is the vision out of six months? What is the vision out of two years? What is the vision out of five years? And most interestingly, you know, the client also thinks that, okay, you know what? That's a great platform. Let's talk about it. And suddenly now we're working as a team. Instead of finding it as a challenge, I find this as an opportunity. So for that, okay, I mean, we are not born to follow all these processes. Yeah. So what we did, we have developed an internal software. We call it as a design TWG portal, which helps not only the clients, but we as a team members, design team members to understand what is the process and which, which helps us to achieve that 5D process. So that, that is where I said I'll talk later. It's the portal helps us to think and rather give us that ignition every time when we are at a phases of the project that are we following this energetic approach, you know, to create that unique space that the client is looking for. I love that 5D process of yours, especially what you've captured in terms of changing the mindsets of challenges to opportunities. And you've actually put that before the design. I'm really curious, how did you change that mindset? Before you start working on the design, as I said, the, the data is very important, you know, what you are working with. So for that, what we do when we start doing the design, before that, we do an extensive onboarding process with the client and we do a detailed audit of the location. So we go there, we make sure the feasibility works with the location, not only the context of the end use, also in the context of whether the permit will be allowed or not, whether zoning is there or not, whether we can do do the desired uh, execution there. And we make sure to go with our engineer and our construction team. And that's extremely important to achieve two things, time and budget. Because again, you can fly high, you can achieve anything that you want on the paper with a pretty picture, 
when it comes to the ground level, you know, there you go. So very important to do a detailed measurement statistics, you know, understanding the demographic around, understanding the, the construction aspect of it, that what, how is it going to work in that scenario? You know, can they actually achieve this within the budget? So that, that's very important at the onboarding level. When we design, when we design, even at that time also, we have a construction team involved with us. So what we say in nutshell, when our drawings, contract drawings are ready, we are very realistic. So it seems like you guys really create a design based on some solid, valid data. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, again, I'll go back to that. We are designing for real world. And real world is going to exist. It's going to drive the show. But don't forget the soul. Don't forget the substance part of it. So just to give you an example, I mean, any project, does it go beyond the budget? Of course, you know, you know, it goes always about the budget when we design. Oh, no, my clients don't want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Uh, let's talk good things. <laughs> so, but but it, it's a reality. Yeah. So how do you how do you achieve it? I mean, you can't just say that I've done design. I can't just say that I've done my design part. Now, construction team, it's yours to discover. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a collaborative process. So we go back and forth. We work on it. And we make sure that the soul is satisfied end of the day. And that is everybody together, working together. In addition to the tools that you mentioned, to me, what I found is some of the 3D renderings now that are getting a lot photorealistic these days. Do you find that that has helped your clients understand your thought process and how they can realize their venture? Absolutely. Absolutely, it helps. So from day one, uh, I believe that multi-dimensional approach is always good. You know, don't we feel great when we see when we sit in IMAX theater, 4D, 5D now, yeah? Uh, because, you know, that's a multi-sensory approach. Now, the good side of the rendering, as you said, 3D render is, of course, you feel great, but it's also sometimes non-realistic. So I, I strongly believe that 3D renders is, to, is a tool to achieve our vision. It's not to sell our vision. And you said it very right, not to sell. But, you know, a lot of time, the, the, the photorealistic so-called renderings are for, for, for realistic, it's, it's a non-realistic way of selling the design. <laughs> yeah, I feel the 3D renderings, me as a contractor, I find sometimes it's a double-edged sword because sometimes the materials don't match up 100%. It could be the specific cut of wood or different dye on the tile. And it's just slightly different. So the end product could be, but by and large, I find it really helps in not just the, the clients, but also the contractors who are building it, uh, understand the concept and understand how everything puts together. Absolutely. You know, it's like watching a film and going actually to the film set. It's a day and night difference, you know. So when you see a 3D render, of course, it's good. Yeah, it can help you visualize, but work with the actual sensories also. Work with the material work with the texture of the material. Maybe, you know what we do when we are using certain pattern of tile, we ask the supplier to put it in our office, give us a 10 feet by 10 feet solution. You know, so we see, we visualize, let our client come there. So, I mean, again, it's a simple thing. Seeing is believing. But the, the photorealistic render, you know, it's kind of deceiving. I would, I would put it this way. Oh, from everything you're saying, it sounds pretty fantastic. I, I won't lie, but 
Do you find any challenges? Because at the end of the day, it is coming from the eye, I, I guess in this case, the mind of a designer. So do you find some challenges in incorporating the spatial design? Uh, you know, again, as I said, I would put this, all the challenges as opportunities. And because it's an ever-evolving uh, design process or spatial design process, yeah, it's never, I would say that, oh, we have reached, now we know what to do. I would never say that. So yes, we have always have different opportunities to explore and achieve the desired result. So, and for that, yes, we have to work against collaborative way. So I always tell my team members, never work in that cubicle. We don't have a cubicle, fortunately, but you know, the mentality of a cubicle, you have to work in openness, you know, and I, and I, you, I know you are a strong believer of open spaces too. So, you know, it, it gives us such a community-based uh, approach, you know. So sometimes even client, we do brainstorming together. Of course, we have challenges. So coming back to your point, but I consider those are opportunities to come up with an amazing solutions. So what would you say are some of the biggest opportunities today for the end users at the end of the day to gravitate towards spatial design as opposed to, you know, just going to a, as you mentioned, like a quote unquote interior designer? I mean, as I said, you know, all interior designers have the ability to work towards this partial design and they're well equipped. So coming back to, I would always say, even interior designer must practice or rather consciously practice as partial design. Coming back to what's the biggest opportunity? I mean, look at where we are right now. We have tons of information which is available to us. You know, and when we say we, it's the end user who's very smart to choose the services that they're offered. These stakeholders, clients, contractors, overflowing information. But the foundation, what is kind of missing is the human aspect, you know, the context which is missing. I also think um, an important thing is to have the end users know that or understand that this is actually a journey and it's a journey to get, well, together you're growing, but it's, a, it's at the end of the day, it's a journey that you are on with them to the final result. And, you know, as you said, the challenges become opportunities to get to this. Uh, do you think that this type of journey as an evolving design concept now that's taking more hold, do you think, do you think it, we're really going to be running with this continuously more and more? I'm just talking about not necessarily, you know, at Design PWG, but I'm talking about generally in the industry. I totally agree that as a design, conscious design firm, you know, I feel it is our ethical responsibility to follow the spatial design approach. There is, there should not be, I think it should be part of the charter, you know, as a design, like the way doctors have it, we should have that, that it's our responsibility to understand architecture, interior design, landscape, public art, visual branding, you know, social media, digital media, and the biggest, biggest component of this human. Yeah, once we have that approach, and I'm telling you, more and more you see now, I think we all got two months of, you know, that internal journey to where we are and what we are doing. You know, what is important is the human interaction, you know, it's a social consideration that as a community, what we are doing together. And that's where I feel the collaborative approach 
is so strong in spatial design. And that's what we want to practice. I think for me, one of the more interesting points of, of this uh, spatial design is taking into account the exterior, the interior, the flow, and the people. So it's multifaceted. Um, my question really is, do you think with the rise of this, that we would be leaning more towards sustainability and sustainable construction, sustainable materials uh, with this kind of holistic approach, as you put it? Yes, and sustainability in a real sense. But sustainability is, did you ask the end user whether they are feeling the sustainability? Are they feeling secured, working, eating, living in that environment? No, you know. So I feel, okay, coming back to our ethical approach, yes, we have to be conscious about sustainability, keeping nature in mind. Let's be very real. Let's really introspect as an individual design team, clients, contractors, that what can we do better? Let's understand as a team working the entire construction design industry that what we can do together. And I think, I guess that is the next thing we should really focus on. I guess what you're saying is the key concept is really space and location. Space, location, context space. Absolutely. With humans. Yeah. In addition to the software that you seem to have developed for your team, do you think there are other technologies that are impacting the way we present spatial design? Or is there room to grow even in that context? I mean, you know, technology is amazing these days. Uh, you know that software metaphor that you don't have to go to the site and you can uh, use the entire space, you know, uh, and actually you can measure the space also. I mean, softwares are amazing. But let's not forget the software is also developed by humans, yeah? And eventually it is for humans. So. What my what my idea is that yes, we should definitely te technology is the key to grow uh, in the next generation. But technology should give us a proper data, which is very important. Technology should give us the overall sensory approach what the end user is looking for, and we as designers we should understand those aspects. We should use those technology to help us make us feel more rich about what we are going to deliver. So it should be a raw material. You know, the technology should use as a raw material for a finer product. Yeah. I think another area where it could grow, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, is the flow between outside nature, as you put it, and inside and vice versa. Um, we all know people have their own individual tastes, but if you're able to have a, a nice flow from your exterior environment to an interior environment. I think that could be a next level where a spatial concept can kind of take a massive leap. You just hit it right on, a, on that subject area because what is spatial stuff is it's not you are sitting in a secluded environment. Yeah, it's you are always want to know that I'm in a contextual environment. And that is very important that you're inside going out, outside going in, you know, you are more connected to the nature and, or rather, let's put it, you are more connected to the context, you know, and that is what we should all focus achieving. And that's at TWG, that's what we are trying to do. And I strongly believe that data is so important. So we have actually created a, 
research department within my team. So we are, I have two dedicated people. What we do is a foundation-based research, not Google and Pinterest-based research, but foundation-based. What is the behavioral aspect? What is changing? You know, what are the trends in the industry? What is called expensive material and what is called non-expensive material? What is local material? Yeah, I mean, you buy it in a local store doesn't mean it's a local material. Yeah, so these kind of things, it requires an investment of mental space and physical space investment. And that will eventually connect us, all of us together with the final outcome that they are look, which we are looking for. It's a context-based partial approach. Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, it sounds profound, but I don't think it actually is because I think most of us actually think that way and feel that way, right? We, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier in terms of, uh, you know, the new team members you come on and stuff. Um, do you think there's something or a few things that they should learn um, in order to bring them in? Put it this way. I'm very lucky. I studied civil engineering at University of Waterloo here, here in Ontario. And we were able to do co-op work terms as part of our degree. We had to. Um, but that opened up a major eyes for me. Uh, do you feel that, uh, you know, having that kind of co-op work experience or just work experience in general as part of their education would it would help them better suited to speed up the process of you know using that technical knowledge that exceptional technical technical knowledge that they have and incorporating it when they get out into the real world oh you know right on Raul. i think it's extremely important we at twg we always encourage any Anybody, for that matter, we are associated with Ryerson, uh, Sheridan, and Humber College. So they are co-op students. They come every year, definitely. But what I go beyond, I mean, there is a lot of foreign trained professionals coming in. Yeah. And I always encourage, you know, I mean, go out. Don't just work on our portfolio and send it to different uh, job application uh, portals. Just go out and meet people. I'm more than happy. And I always do whoever is coming new to the country or whoever is studying. I feel design school should offer co-ops every year. You know, every year there should be two months, three months in a summer co-op, whatever you call, that they should go out, work with a design team, work with contractors, work in the shop, in a mill workshop, you know, and understand how, how the wood behaves, how metal behaves, you know. If you have that and go out in the, I would say, you know, work with Raul. He's the best person where I've, I've been learning a lot about construction. Yeah. No, that's true. And that's that's the collaborative part. But imagine now, four years, the student who's learning the design, as you said, very skillful design in the institute. But when they're out in the real world, which I call as a real world, you know, they will be able to use their substance in much better way if they know about the real world. So I agree with your point absolutely that it should happen more. So what's next for, for you and your team at uh, Together We Grow? What's, what's next? What are you guys working towards? So interesting enough, Raul, that question, I mean, I've, we've been asked and I've been always asking myself what next from day one that we started the practice. So that what next, I think any for any design firm, it's ever evolving. So after doing the practice for and working in the industry for 20 years, I realized that every day is a new day. So again, a context-based approach is understand the foundation of design. 
So lots of research. The world is changing crazy rapidly. So understand and educate. You know, create a knowledge base areas. What you're doing is amazing. And I think this is the platform I would use it more to educate and rather spread the knowledge that what is the right practice. I would say, you know, understand the trends, socioeconomic changes, what's happening around and, you know, going beyond that requirement of wow spaces. I mean, we should really get out of that mode of, you know, the requirement is, oh, my, my space should look wow. You know, it should be different. I mean, okay, but it's always context-based so that knowledge-based approach is very important. And, I, and that's why I feel that not only for us, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm very committed to our design practice, but I strongly feel that we all should take our oaths for the sake of humanity, you know, as a designer, contractors, everybody, that we are going to follow the foundation, the fundamentals of design, which is ethics, social responsibility and honesty so i i mean these are the foundation which i feel and we have very strong following that and that's what we need to spread and again i must say thank you for the opportunities that i can i can at least communicate with you oh no it's been it's been my pleasure um you know one one of the reasons why i started all of this is there's there's so much information out there but what better way for me as well to learn uh, that are out there uh, by talking to experts and specialists in, in their respective fields, right? And if now and now with the platforms we have, I can share that as well. So why not? Oh, absolutely. I think we should do this more and more. And I'm excited to see here from other ex- industry, I would say experienced people, nobody's expert, but experienced people, but to, to learn more. And it's, I think, as I said, you know, it's an ever evolving thing. So where can our listeners find you? I mean, you know, if this concept of spatial design and your 5D process, um, some of our listeners, if they gravitate towards this concept, how can they find you? Yeah, that's that's a, a perfect question right now. Yes, you can find us in my home office right now. <laughs> we, are, we are all confined. But yeah, we are located in Mississauga, uh, Greater Toronto area right now. And uh, I mean, that's our physical location where we have another office in Pune, India. Uh, but but I guess, you know, we are constantly updating our social media presence. So the best part to see our projects, our stories, what we are working on, what is new. Uh, you know, we have our Instagram page also, Design TWG, uh, Facebook page, go on to our Design TWG website. And, uh, you know, we are just phone call away, email away, or just a tweet away. Nice. Well, it's been fantastic to have you on, Hem, and uh, learning more and understanding more about, you know, spatial design and how you've taken it and, and you know, packaged it for your clients in this 5D kind of model concept is, is very unique, very interesting. You know, I must say thank you, Rahul, for giving me opportunity to actually refine even our thought process <laughs> when you are asking us questions. It's and I think it is true. This is so important for any design firm, any user group, for that matter, to do that introspect because we all have it in us. I mean, I'm not talking something new. Uh, this partial design concept or understanding the client, humans, context-based approach—it's all there. But I think we need to be more conscious to follow it, implement it, and, you know, feel great about it. Not a problem, Hemant. Thank you for your time today. Now, we touched on technology a bit today, 
and some of the things that Design PWG has implemented for them. But are there any work platforms out there that focus on all the nuances of interior design? Well, join me for our next show with Siddharth Peters, a co-founder of Love That Design Studio. We talk entrepreneurship, the highs and lows of a startup, and yes, how Love That Design has implemented interior design workflow into their software.